Hi, Priya. How are you? All right, you? Good, good. So we are going to do a uh, knowledge video today on multiple myeloma. And uh, it shows that on this page, there's a picture of a uh, bone marrow slide, actually. And there are plenty of plasma cells. Obviously, they're not going to ask you about this in the interview, but this is just of interest that these are plasma cells. So we're going to give you a very quick summary, taking you through the definition, some of the investigations that may do um, to diagnose. Uh, we're going to talk about a bit on the um, progression um, of the disease. And also, finally, we're going to conclude with some of the emergency scenarios that we should be able to manage um, going into the interview. Does it sound okay, Priya? That sounds good. Let's go. Great. So um, going to the first slide, um, multiple myeloma is an abnormal clonal proliferation of plasma cells. Um, so plasma cells are the cells that you need in your immune system to specialize in producing antibodies to fight infections. They are a little bit more mature than lymphocytes um, and they are part of your immune system. And the disease is categorized by this crap criteria that we hear from time and time again. Um, basically, it's got four letters. C stands for hypercalcemia, R is renal impairment, A is anemia, and B should be bone, but uh, sort of bony lytic lesions. Um, so these are very characteristics, and we should be able to spot if we can if we see any of the four, then we could, you know, trigger um, and think about. Um, sending investigations, whether it could be a uh, myeloma presentation. So these are some of the investigations that we would normally send for, and I've divided them into four big categories. The first bit is how do we diagnose multiple myeloma? So where are these plasma cells? So these plasma cells can be anywhere in the body, mostly in your bone marrow, but they could also be anywhere in the body. Um, so we would normally would take a bone marrow biopsy um, to take a look at how many space or uh, how many percentage in the bone marrow is been occupied by these clonal plasma cells. In addition, we could also do imaging um, to see if there's any other sites where these plasma cells sit. Um, a PET scan or a whole body MRI could serve this purpose. So in the past, we used to do skeletal survey um, maybe too young to <laughs> um, to have heard of heard of that. That's become very obsolete. We don't do that anymore. That's very low sensitivity. We have moved on to PET and MRI. So these are two diagnostic tests. The top three are surrogate 
such a surrogate marker and they are very useful for us to monitor the disease. So the first is serum protein electrophoresis. You can send from peripheral blood test. It tells you if there is a power protein. And in myeloma, it could be any power protein, IgG, IgE, IgD, IgM, IgA. And serum-free light chain is actually the, um, the um, part of your antibody. Um, it's also, if you have a clonal plasma cell, they keep producing certain kinds of antibody and keep producing certain kinds of light chains. You can pick that up. Um, and Ben Jones protein, you may have heard of that, are these light chain that has been passed through the kidneys into the urine. Okay, so we normally send all of these as the baseline. Also, we monitor the value um, to see how patients have responded to treatment. So this group are diagnostic tests. And then you have got below the diagnostic test, you've got treatment trigger. Um, so it's going back to um, CRAP criteria, um, FBC to look for anemia, bone profile to look for hypercalcemia, obviously kidney function and imaging is about to look for lytic lesions. And then on your right, um, I've put some supportive tests that we should do and send off as well. So group and screen in case the patient needs the transfusion. Virology is very important at baseline because some of the chemotherapy could reactivate these viruses. Coagulation screen, in case you need to do biopsy, etc. Vitamin D is very important and we normally replace them because part of the treatment would involve giving bisphosphonate to strengthen the bone. Um, and you need an adequate vitamin D level before you give bisphosphonate. Pregnancy test, very important. And some of the Myeloma treatment is actually very teratogenic and we need to make sure they are not pregnant going into treatment. Echo as well, so just assess baseline organ function. Last but not least, we do send some blood tests off for prognostic marker. So including LDH, albumin, beta-2 macroglobulin. Fish genetics is from the bone marrow. Um, it tells you certain kinds of mutations that are associated with myeloma and they could carry either high risk standard or low risk um, mutations that is very helpful for us to understand the prognosis. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Priya to talk about um, the sort of natural history of myeloma and the emergencies. Thank you, Jeff. Um, so as Jeff has already gone through, um, multiple myeloma is sort of the, almost like the end stage, and it's basically characterized by the CRAB criteria. So we know that these patients tend to be symptomatic. Um, but what um, candidates should be aware of is the fact that it can develop over time um, from early stage known as MGUS or monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance. And what this means is that um, essentially patients are found incidentally to have a low level paraprotein. Um, and if you do a bone marrow biopsy, um, they don't have greater than 10% plasma cells. 
And these patients are well, they, you know, their blood counts, as Jeff has already gone through, they're not anemic, their kidney function is fine. Um, and this is something that's often referred in by GPs, and these patients are monitored for years, essentially. The next stage following MGUS is what we call smoldering myeloma. Um, and the main difference is that these patients, when you do a bone marrow biopsy, they've got greater than 10% plasma cells. Um, and they've got a higher level of paraprotein, so we normally more than 30 grams per litre. But the key thing is that they don't fulfil any of the CRAB criteria, so um, they are deemed asymptomatic. Um, so they're a bit more high risk, and we do monitor them much more closely in the hospital, um, but we certainly don't treat them. And then finally, obviously, as we've already gone through, we've got the final stage, which is multiple myeloma, um, which is where patients need definitive treatment. So um, just going through these emergency sort of complications of myeloma, um, and these are things that candidates should be aware of, particularly when going into interview for haematology um, training number. Um, the first one um, is the key one is spinal cord compression. Um, so it's important for candidates to know that all patients should be, you know, referred through the MSCC pathway um, with neurosurgical input. Um, it's important to mention that these patients may be candidates for radiotherapy. Um, so you would involve your clinical oncology colleagues as well. Um, and all candidates should say that they would start these patients on steroids. So normally we would start dexamethasone um, with a PPI cover. So it is important for you to be aware of this and to you know, state all of these things when you're asked in an interview with this type of case. Other complication includes hypercalcemia. Um, so patients with myeloma can come in with very high calcium levels and be quite um, symptomatic with acute confusion, abdominal pain, constipation. Um, so it's very important for, uh, for candidates to say that they would hydrate, you know, this is an emergency, that you would hydrate the patient, um, that you would give bisphosphonates. Um, Sometimes the um, interviewer might push you further with regards to the type of bisphosphonate you would give. Um, and this is just to highlight the fact that some patients may have associated renal impairment. So if they do have renal impairment, there are certain bisphosphonates you have to avoid, in particular Zometa. Um, and therefore, in these patients, you would consider giving pomidronate instead. So this is sort of an extra bonus point um, if you mention this in your interview. Um, the next one um, is hyperviscosity syndrome. So this is a true emergency. Um, this is often seen in patients who have very high level of paraprotein, you know, often more than 40, 50 grams per litre. And essentially, it's a very posh way of saying that their blood is extremely sticky from all the paraprotein just floating around everywhere. Um, and what this can do is it can cause lots and lots of thrombi everywhere. Um, so patients may present with, um, you know, neurological impairment, um, they may get um, viscosity within the lungs, so they may be very short of breath, they may have almost features of an ARDS, um, so they are critically quite unwell. Um, another important thing is that, you know, if you do a fundoscopy, you may see hemorrhages and papilledema, so again, another key feature. So in this case, um, you know, the most important thing to say is that you would, you know, ensure this patient is immediately transferred for plasma exchange. And that's the key definitive treatment in this case. 
Um, as I mentioned already, um, patients with myeloma can present with acute kidney injury, and this is something that is often brought up in the interview. Um, so key things are obviously don't forget your basics, um, you know, making sure the patient's well hydrated, uh, making sure you stop any nephrotoxic drugs. Um, but, you know, most importantly, liaising with your renal colleagues to ensure that these patients are started on dialysis as soon as possible um, and giving steroids, actually, because this helps to reduce the disease load and hopefully rescue the kidneys as well in this case. And then finally, um, neutropene acceptors, which I, I think all IMTs will have dealt with during their training. Um, so very important to mention that you would follow your trust guidelines of your neutropene acceptors protocol, the sepsis 6 bundle, and that you would give broad spectrum antibiotics as well, um, and that you would administer GCSF to stimulate the production of neutrophils. And these patients, again, it's an emergency, you, you would admit them to hospital. So these are the sort of important cases that you should be aware of in your interview. I think um, I think we've done a good coverage of myeloma, Jeff. So I don't know if there's anything else we need to <laughs> go through. No, we could no. do another um, malignancy. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if you, um, hopefully, you guys found this useful, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you.